in an era where more and more human beings are asking themselves the fundamental questions and perhaps are leaving behind all the um, old structures, you know, like religion, perhaps, uh, old structures, old mental structures, old org organizational structures that have um, provided uh, a safe uh, net around uh, people's lives for many centuries, even millennia. Well, today we find ourselves into an era where the human consciousness is accelerating. Uh, we find ourselves in a crisis after crisis, but also in a possibility after possibility. A possibility for what? Well, to open ourselves to new, new impulses, to new spiritual impulses. And here we go into esoteric Christianity. What is the foundation? What is the roots of Christianity? And we propose to have a different perspective, perhaps, from um, what uh, you have maybe seen before. And propose that uh, this is not an outer uh, manifestation, an outer um, dynamic cultural uh, perspective, but it's an inner process. Hello and welcome, wherever you are in the world. Today we share the introductory presentation to our latest public talk. Every month, we explore a different aspect of the universal wisdom through a series of weekly webinars on Zoom. For more information about our events, follow the links in the written description below. We hope that our podcast will provide you with food for thought, inspiration for new questions, and impulses in your research for new answers. So most humans, when you speak about religion, although not all humans, are very religious beings. And we knowingly, spontaneously, pray out loud or within ourselves without words. We devote our thoughts and emotions to something. We help others where we can. We join groups and communities. We connect with like-minded people. We seek to improve the world where we can. Or we meditate, we go to churches or temples to nourish ourselves by the dedicated atmosphere there and to be away for a moment from the all-day worries and circumstances. We want to connect with something. But very often, if not always, our religious behavior, you could say, is colored by upbringing, culture and place on earth where we live but also by our own innate preferences. But because since many people nowadays have no church or religious background at all, they do see themselves as religious or spiritual and join a belief system because something in them urges them to seek religion, to connect with that something they know that must exist. The word religion bears within itself an implication of being safe, being protected, having somewhere or someone or something out there to direct your questions, prayers and despairs to. The word religion, which is a beautiful word in that sense, literally means to re 
connect, to connect again. And it stems from the Latin word religare, which means to rebond again. So you can compare it with the word ligament. So in short, religion in itself is not something of a past or of past phases of human existence and development, because we still see an abundance of denominations and belief systems existing simultaneously. Religions, religion is, in essence, you could say, a refuge for the soul. Although many don't see it that way at all and sever their connection with that belief system they were born in. So religion is an expression of a deep, fundamental desire to reconnect. But with what? So we seek. And we seek in all directions around us. And I think we all know for ourselves how that seeking takes on shape in our individual lives. Because we all seek in our own individual way. And we seek and we seek until we reach a point where we feel that nothing really matters, nothing we do really has an effect, helps to change the world into that better place, that safe haven for all of humanity. So many people get disillusioned and give up or get bitter. But others do become an impulse from somewhere and become a living, living question mark. Her, their whole being sort of emanates that fundamental question, where is it that I want to reconnect with? And the answer might be closer than you think. It's outside of you, but also within you. Because according to the Rosicrucian teachings, the universal wisdom teachings, there is a point within your being that wants to reconnect you with the origin called God or Tao or the Creator. And that something, that point in your heart is the end of one light shaft from the one, the originator, the Creator, that ends in your heart. And that light shaft is already connected to our origin, but we were just looking in the wrong place. So this means that an inner religion, an inner reconnection exists. So what is requested of us, what is required, asked of us, is that we shift our directedness, our prayers, our questions, our thoughts inwardly. We direct it to that point in our heart through, we, through which we are already religioned to our origin. And we have to leave many, if not all, ingrained structures of being religious behind and renew ourselves into a new religious being. So open yourself up to that ray of light within you. The Rosicrucians call this point that coincides with our heart, the rose of the heart. And it is this rose, this point, this nucleus of original light, that beckons us 
to become aware of it and to serve it, to make it live and to help it bloom. That light shaft that ends in your heart is one ray of the original spirit. It is a force. It is the power of the universal love originating from God, in Christian terminology, the word God, and it ends in our hearts. And this universal love, which we also call the Christ or the Christ power, is within us and all around us. And it is the ultimate inner spiritual force that we can learn to recognize and use to change ourselves, our consciousness, and from there, change the world. If only we reconnect consciously. And then your exhausted soul will find refuge in the light of the new soul. So what does this mean for us? What is the significance of symbols and allegories from the Bible as of those from other universal wisdom teachings? What is the significance for our lives? Discovering and entering the temple of Christ within us is an inner spiritual journey. And in this journey, the lower egocentric consciousness may hold us back. It does hold us back. What is this consciousness and how does esoteric or inner Christianity through the universal wisdom contained in the Bible point the way the inner journey using symbolism and allegory. We could speak about four states of consciousness of the human being. And we can start with Herod, the king, the egocentric consciousness, the natural I being. We all have this Herod in us, who, when the new consciousness is born, or Jesus, the new soul, Herod recognizes the, the, um, Jesus as a threat and starts fighting against it. A second state of consciousness we, would, we could call as John, the seeker that recognizes the spirit spark awakened, a new state of consciousness in which the personality realizes that it must cooperate in the process of setting straight the paths, of getting rid of distracting voices that whisper in the heart, 
John the Baptist represents a seeker driven by an active spirit spark in the heart. And he is the one who announces Jesus and baptizes in his name. John has experienced the desert of life and has a premonition of the new soul of Jesus and of another life. John meets Jesus in the river Jordan, which also is a symbol for the heart sanctuary. And by baptizing him, hands the reins over to him to lead us on the path of transfiguration. He has prepared the path for Jesus. Symbolically speaking, he has opened a space in the microcosm for Jesus. John is the seeker within us who perseveres on the path. He's the active spark driving the process. And we do need to become John the Baptist in order to participate in this consciousness of surrender. The figure of Jesus represents the consciousness of the new soul who can go beyond the limit of the old state of consciousness and approach the spirit. A revolution is thus started within the human being. A revolution that topples the former master, Herod, that egocentric consciousness. The ego agrees to humble itself in order to protect and nurture the growing new soul. This taming or quieting of the ego is shown in the Gospel of Matthew as the entry of Jesus in Jerusalem on a donkey. The donkey, the stubborn animal that cannot be tamed, that represents the egocentric self, is seen here quietly serving and carrying Jesus on its back, having subdued its own nature in order to carry the new soul consciousness. This quieting of the ego allows the 12 dynamic forces of human life, which can also be seen as the 12 pairs of cranial nerves, to be transformed, or the 12 aspects of the new state of consciousness, or the 12 constellations, or the 12 eons of this world, or the 12 apostles to be readied to receive the power of what we can call the 13th eon, the Christ. The aspect of Jesus in our consciousness tells us what is required to continue on the path. We need to and can support the growing new life of Jesus within us by purification through self-observation so that we may receive the bread, the new etheric energy, and the wine, the new astral energy, 
the purified desires. And until the time when Christ appears, all of these three figures, Herod, John the Baptist, and Jesus, they are present simultaneously. They coexist within the human being. And the influences of each one of them are felt one after the other, or even simultaneously, as we continue to learn our life lessons. The ego, the seeker, and the developing new soul. The name Christ has several meanings in the universal wisdom. One of these meanings is the universal light and wisdom that flow unceasingly into this world in a form that can be absorbed by us. When we can consciously receive this universal light and life, then we are connected with that Christ power and through it we become connected to the divine all. Christ represents the organic transformation of the new human being, a process that transforms our lives from inside out. We read from Corinthians that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. The grave is found empty. There is nothing of the personality left. After three days, Christ transformed, rises from the dead. And three is important here. He rises after transforming the three sanctuaries, the head, the heart, and the sanctuary of life. So that the human being concerned is now living from a new source, the source in the heart sanctuary that is directly connected to the incoming divine or universal light and no longer living from the ruler of this world, from Herod, from the ego. These three transformations can be expressed also in this way. We will now see um, these changes in consciousness and how uh, they occur. And we all carry the seed of this process, um, of, of this new way of life. It is the birth of Jesus or the birth of light in the human heart um, that we are aiming to, to make happen. And these three transformations will need to occur to proceed through these states of consciousness to reach the Jesus Christ consciousness. And these transformations have been uh, previously expressed in the Rosicrucian manifestos of the 17th century as ex Dio Nassimo in Jesu Morimo per Spiritum Sanctum Revivissimus, 
the first one, ex del nascimo, or born of God, expresses that the circulation of light starts within us from the spirit spark. So the potential connection with the light in our heart sanctuary can be made. We become a seeker. The second transformation is in Jesus Morimo, died in Jesus. The light penetrates from the heart to the head sanctuary. This is the beginning of a completely new consciousness. The new soul is born. And the third transformation, per spiritum sanctum revivissimus, or reborn through the Holy Spirit, in this process, the entire subtle form can be transfigured into a new being, a being who can work with the seven rays of the spirit now that are now present in the consciousness structure. The spirit can now direct through the new soul, it can direct the bodily figure so that the center of action also The pelvic sanctuary is also guided by the spirit. How does this all apply to us in the 21st century? How does it affect my daily life? As we follow this process, all the things that grabbed our attention and our energy in the past, our desires, our wants, our needs, they become gradually less important. As we see everything around us more objectively, we see ourselves less and less the center of the world and more as an observer. When we see the newborn soul potential, Jesus, as the most important aspect of our consciousness. And as we begin to understand and see the truth, the divine plan for us, we can leave everything for what it is. We can stop wringing our hands over the injustices in the world, even though we do not lose compassion. We can allow the truth of the real purpose in life to penetrate our consciousness. It is a new approach to life. And the necessary steps for this path, on this path, are available to us all, starting in the rose of the heart, in the spirit's park, where this process starts makes use making use of a new fire of life and we have been given the map for this journey throughout ages the universal wisdom has reached us in different forms as stories myths scriptures and we want to quote angelus silasius though christ a thousand times in bethlehem be born and not within thyself Thy soul will be forlorn. 
the cross on Golgotha, thou lookest to in vain, unless within thyself it be set up again. So, let us begin or continue this inner journey. central symbol of Christianity has been the cross. For traditional exoteric religion, their cross purports to depict a single historical event of some two millennia ago. However, the inner meaning of the cross indicated by the Golden Rose Cross is that of an inner awakening and transformation process of self-initiation that can be entered into today. Indeed, especially in our times, The representation of the traditional exoteric Christianity involves an emaciated and dying figure tortuously hanging from a rough, roughly cut wooden cross, a fixed image, therefore, conveying the termination of a life in extreme physical suffering. However, for an esoteric representation of the cross, as indicated by the Golden Rosa Cross, it signifies not a pointless end evoking pity, but instead an applied process of a detachment from the eventual mortal consequence, the end of the earthly consciousness. It indicates not being a mere mortal death, but instead of an ultimate entry into an eternal reality of timeless continuity. What is upheld by the Golden Rose Cross is a cross with its centerpiece of the fully unfolded rose, both elements being of gold, which is the metal representing untarnished purity. This is the emblematic, this is emblematic of a rebirth of the spirit soul, initiated through a process within mortal life utilizing both the necessary aspects of the earthly subtle bodies and the, conscious, the consciousness is academically, uh, alchemically changed from lead into gold through a positive engagement with a process of spiritual transformation. This is activated in the symbolic meeting place of two combining streams of energy. Firstly, the horizontal beam of the cross represents our life experience in the mundane and everyday world of physical materiality. Secondly, the meeting point with the vertical beam creates a receptacle for the inpouring 
spiritually enlightening and transformative energy. Yet this occurs still within our ordinary and collectively shared reality of the world's humanity. So within our biologically, culturally inherited social norms. So it is the horizontal beam where the personality is tied as subject through the I or ego in its interacting with worldly life as object. The symbology of the logo of the golden rosacross contains the essence of a transformative process through which we as seekers may understand the relevance of the cross as part of the conclusion of the cosmic Christ figure for his earthly task for humanity. Seeing the symbol being transposed onto this meeting point of the two beams of the cross within our growing insight, it reveals it as a center square of encounter. The entry of the seeker into the spiritual path is a developing encounter involving two very different vibrational energies to form a place of creative tension. The developing soul consciousness breaks up our limited radius of action as we begin to react intelligently to those experiences that diminish that previous over-influence of the ephemeral, lower vibrational, physical, material plane. This can manifest as intellectual over-analysis or criticism in thinking, superficial or retributive emotions with their inevitable outcome in actions. In its place comes this gentle, yet profoundly disrupting influence of the Gnostic light energy that intimates to the consciousness the criteria of another reality. That of the eternal, immovable, cosmic realm. This crossover of the overlapping realities of the earthly and the spiritual forms an inner, we could say a liminal space, where there is continual restructuring being caused by this new form of communication. It is where the esoteric essence of those necessary stages of carrying the cross are undergone. It is where the symbolic circle of the universal meets with the square of the subtle bodies of the mortal being. Jesus Christ advises, if you want to save your life, take up your cross and follow me. But this doesn't suggest becoming the condemned before they're about to die a painful crucifixion, as in the Roman custom. Instead, it points to the enduring of an inner process of dynamic unfolding to the higher criteria of the spiritual truth. To die daily, to the natural ego influence, to use a phrase from Paul in the Bible, allows an ever more intense activation of the higher electromagnetic vibrational energy of the living body of the spiritual school. When we daily bid farewell to the repetitious outcome of those attachments, which form 
the sense-bound earthly existence, we thus leave behind the deep pain and suffering caused by karma and the condition, conditioned human mind. No longer being simply content to repeat, as Shakespeare says, all our yesterdays that lighten our way to a dusty death, we begin to strip away the habitual illusions of the egoic traits that influence too much our thinking, emotions, and actions. We learn to understand their origin or causes, and thus understand how to preempt the effects or consequences of thoughts, desires, and emotions manifesting within us and also from outside. The seeker after Gnostic truth is therefore placing themselves daily on the path of liberation. Their positive daily welcome into their life of this divine intervention and its breaking up of the inner obstacles that form the hindrances to progress on the liberating path allows him or her to consistently become that transformative awareness. Through alignment with soul consciousness, they realize themselves as that new awareness. By successfully abandoning the old, we unite with this awareness as the new consciousness direction. We are merging, therefore, with the truth of the revealing awareness through knowing that we are that awareness, originating from the original divine life, a restructuring Restructuring is being gradually felt in the daily life as consciousness renewal. This spiritual renewing process, represented by the vertical beam of the cross, increases through our self-surrender to this radiating inner connection to the circumpunct or center point of the circle, that of the spiritual spark atom corresponds with the human heart. This affects our own circle of limited radius of action, bringing us under the influence of the universality of the cosmic circle. It brings an order into the individually developing soul consciousness within the growing chaos, which we see that our world now increasingly slips into. This phase of inner restructuring activity is specifically represented by the golden rosicross symbol with the three corners of the triangle, the trigonio igneo, the three renewing fires of thought, desire, or emotion and action. Focusing on the harmonious unity of these three elements, a discovery of the higher meaning and ultimate purpose to humanity's presence on earth. This involves a threefold service to the renewal of the heart, head, and finally, to the life center itself. This is a cleansing process of our motivations to a deeper understanding of our own particular condition and self-knowledge regarding our emotions and desires, thoughts and actions in daily life, enduring the unfoldment towards spirit-soul consciousness the seeker for Gnostic wisdom has learned how to stand in the world on the renewed square's firm foundation, becoming, therefore, an aid for others to discover their own possibility 
for an individual contact with the liberating Gnostic teachings of the Golden Rosy Cross. This is a journey being undertaken on the path of knowledge by an ever larger group of humanity, of seekers for knowledge, the pistis, who want to leave behind their suffering with its reliance on old beliefs or even blind faith. They gradually go towards the life of the Sophia, of Gnostic wisdom, through the light that shines in the darkness, the Lux Lucet in Tenebris, as taken from the prologue of the Gospel of John. So standing in the midst of the New World Revolution, the spiritual school of the cross with roses, therefore stands behind those seekers with its threefold panacea of liberation, purity, love, grace. So in place of an inevitable end, the symbol of the cross may be seen instead as the breaking up of our old inner order, which is fundamentally based on the illusions, which must of necessity be exposed to the transparency created by the inflowing light. By forsaking the conflict of the dualistic consciousness of this nature order, we instead see that this started period necessary for an eternal beginning, a resurrection from out of the tomb of death. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed it. If you wish to support us in reaching more people, like our posts, rate us with five stars on iTunes, leave a positive comment where you can, or share our content on your social media.